0: other league podcast
1: all right guys welcome to another edition i feel like we're old friends now it's the Other League podcast. I am the captain of the XFL, Danny Jones. I'm joined here by my good friend, Garage Guy Chase. Chase, how are you, friend? I'm doing well. I'm still trying to remember what day it is. It's been a tired, tired boy week. Uh,
0: got back from Daytona, and the day I did not see Jerry Glanville. Didn't that's see him. A, that's, he's probably crying.
1: He's probably crying. If I, if I'm a Tampa Bay Viper at this point. Um, I am laying in bed, weeping uncontrollably, and seeing if I can be traded uh, to any team or organization. Um, Walmart is an option. Walgreens. Um, any any place other than Tampa Bay Vipers is a good place to work right now. Tampa Bay is our team, Chase, but they are it hurts. pretty terrible. It hurts to, it hurts to, to say that so, in a way,
0: but at the same time, it's like we, we've made this bed. We have to lie in it now. I hear. I hear. The, for a good another good place that can need coaches, uh, like the uh, the Walmart distribution centers around America are good at this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think that's the right place for Tresman at this point. I think he should go work at Walmart. Uh, I, last night, the time of this recording, uh, dropped some news on Twitter, and apparently, uh, I have talked to about half a dozen players in the Vipers, and apparently, things aren't looking too hot in Tampa. A lot of people have already lost faith, and um and lost faith in the, the coaching staff there. I mean, that's pretty impressive if you think about it. Two weeks into the season and your team's already like, this is ridiculous, screw it. I mean, usually that takes maybe three weeks at the at the least, sometimes five or six weeks, not Tampa. They don't waste no time. They're ready to just start a dumpster fire right now.
0: Right, yeah. So basically like they were like, you know, let's take everything that's happened in Cleveland over the past four years and let's just bring it to a nice sunny location with a lot of strip clubs. Yes, that's, that's been the case.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what's so funny is that you talk about people holding grudges. I'm not one of the guys who, who hold grudges. Like if you do me wrong, I mean, I'm going to be like, all right, you're an idiot and just move on to my life. Not sports fans, because you should read the comments. You go to my Twitter at Danny Jones, XFL, read the post about uh, the Tampa Bay Viper situation, a lot of conflict there. And then read the comments these Bears fans, Chicago Bears, are coming out of the woodworks and saying, "Now you know how we feel. We hate Tressman. <laughs> like they, 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 blame him for something that happened in 2013. He went, what was it, eight and eight, and then like five and eleven. Um, and they they hate his guts. I mean, given his quarterback was Jay Cutler, he didn't have a whole lot going for him in, in Chicago. But people are, they're angry, Chase. They're just angry people. Yeah, Jay Cutler
0: didn't care, but at the same time, it's like it's in Tampa. It's like I've seen so many tweets that came out. And just kind of backing up, talking about your tweet, um, got a lot of attention. Uh, it was where you were talking to the number of the Vipers players. The quote was was amazing. He's too fucking stubborn to change. Shit, just admit defeat and change. He's going to get my ass cut. Like, that's deep. That is deep. That's some deep shit. That's some real shit, too. And I'm not, not going to sit here and ask who said it or anything else like that. We're not trying to stir on that because I know you got your people. But, yeah, when you read something like that, that lets you know what the mood's like in the locker room. And it makes it really hard to believe that anything is going to get better from that point.
1: And I'll just say this. This was not a third-string guy who said it. This is a guy that I will never say his name, but if I said his name, you would all know who he is. Team leader saying this stuff. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, we'll let that be up for debate.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, you know, um, a lot of other stuff went down this week other than the Vipers just continued woes. Um, some things that, that we can note about the schedule from week two. Um, of course, like I was saying, D- Danny did a lot of the watching. I did. I watched as much as I could. Um, I caught a little bit of the Battlehawks Roughnecks game while I was eating. Now, now, uh, that now, was now, the,
1: now, listen, you didn't get to watch the Roughnecks last week. I mean, uh, the Battlehawks last week. What do you think about the Battle Hawks? Yeah, pretty, pretty good.
0: It's pretty impressive how they how they came back the way that they did, even though the Roughnecks still won. But obviously, looking at the power rankings, I mean, it's it's sh- surely domination force coming out of Houston. We know that absolutely. Much. What one thing I did want to say though is that where where I, w- I want to give you a little bit of praise. I feel like we all deserve a little praise here. You know, we were we were telling a lot of people, watch out because the Guardians are not what you think that they are. And looking at it now, they got their asses handed to them by the D.C. defenders. That's the first game of week two. Um, also, Anthony Johnson, Kimbo. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. To D.C. So that was like the first trade ever. Like, Kimbo's making waves in this league right now.
1: What a great trade, too. They D.C. did an excellent job there. Um, one thing interesting about that Guardians game, they talk about player access and stuff. and. And, uh, like, we didn't think this would happen. They asked Matt McGowan uh, what was going on, and he just freaking bashed his coach on live international television. It was a joyous time. As a Tampa Bay Viper fan, at the, of course, Tampa Bay had nothing to do with this game, but I just like to see other people in misery. Uh, I felt like I was one with New York at that moment. But what an incredible thing. You bash your coach, and then the coach responds by benching you in the whole second half. So pretty incredible. Good job, Matt (laughs) Malone.
0: He was trending, man. He he was, it was like big Twitter. Like he was trending everywhere at that point because of that that clip. So he did that. I mean, he had what was eight attempts, had nineteen percent completion rating, forty two yards. Yeah, two interceptions not not the day that uh, you could have hoped for but for him doing what he did
1: but coming out of week 1 playing against the Vipers people are talking MVP with this guy yeah fuck that I it's mean he he looked, he looked like Joe Montana playing the Vipers then he looked like any Browns quarterback playing the DC Defenders right yeah
0: so it's just uh it was a good warning to everyone to remind you that this is a New York football team and things have not been so well for New York football teams. They're, Absolutely not. They should not. stick to more things like, um, I don't know, building buildings and um, and walking really fast and eating a lot of pizza.
1: And selling fake Rolexes on the side of the road. Right. But that's also a thing. Black
0: markets in Chinatown. That's that, right. That's New York's thing. Like, not
1: football. And New York plays St. Louis this week. So, I'm expecting the Battle Hawks to, to really embarrass New York all over again. Hey, here's something interesting about St. Louis. I read an article today. And I would totally give credit if I remember where it was coming from. Uh, but Saint Louis battle hall tickets, Battlehawks tickets, excuse me, are more expensive than Saint Louis Rams tickets back in the day. Wow. What? Yeah. And people are buying it because That's all they have. Yeah, what else you gonna do in Saint Louis?
0: Yeah, it's like it's like you're gonna go to a blues game. Probably not. Probably not. You can go to a Cardinals game, Mark McGuire is off steroids and you're tired. Yeah. So I forgot about the St. Louis Cardinals. That's how important they are. Yeah, right? I
1: forgot they existed. It's
0: like, what, what happens in St. Louis? What does St. Louis really know? I literally
1: made a comment. March? arch? I made a comment three hours ago saying well, all they have is the St. Louis Blues. Totally forgot. It was not a dig at St. Louis. I just totally forgot the Cardinals were there.
0: Yeah, it's like there's a, there's a full-blown baseball team. Like, I mean, even people in Memphis like dig it. So it's like, but yeah, the Battle Hawks is really like everything to them now. They're, it's, St. Louis is a total XFL town. They had, they had a lot of stats that came out where they were saying like, uh, it was like...
1: Number one in social media.
0: Yeah, number one in social media, and then the TV viewership ratings in St. Louis were way higher, almost half higher uh, than the, the St. Louis Blues game.
1: You know who so, else has a top five market, Um uh, a, a city that's in a top five market, is Cleveland. Cleveland is obsessed with the XFL, which is surprising, Because there's no XFL team in Cleveland, nor is there really an NFL team in Cleveland. Right. Cleveland's just hungry for football, I think. They're just hungry for
0: sports. They just want winning sports. That's all they want. I mean, like, you have, like, one NBA championship in, like, I don't know how many years. Your baseball team can get – they've gotten there. It was, like, total heartbreak. They blew a huge lead in the World Series against the Cubs a few years back. True. So it's like, you know. Did you
1: you read about the Browns player who got arrested on Monday? Yeah, Greg. 157 pounds of marijuana. Yeah,
0: that's Greg Robinson for you. Yeah. That's what happens. And
1: that just shows you the state of Cleveland football is that if any player in the league gets arrested with marijuana, we say, oh, my God, this guy's throwing his life away. If a player in Cleveland gets arrested with marijuana, we go, well, that's understandable. Right. They want to just relax and forget that. They play for the Browns, and I and I'm waiting for the judge to sentence him to like he has to play for Cleveland for four more years. What yeah. a what a brutal sentence that would be.
0: I mean, I mean, old Greg, you know, whenever you play in Cleveland, like like you said, it's just uh, your sentencing is playing there. I saw that tweet; it was pretty funny. But your sentence is playing for Cleveland, obviously, and you want it to be better, but you're just not really sure what's going to happen. And also because there's really nothing else really to do in Cleveland. But so I like, think
1: the XFL, if Oliver Luck. If I could implore you to do one thing, give give Cleveland an XFL team. They've been through Todd Haley, Freddie Kitchens, Hugh Jackson, and just years of depression. Just, just throw them a bone and give them an XFL team. And wouldn't it be great if there's like, a dominating XFL team and Cleveland was like number one in 2021? I'd be happy. I'd be a Cleveland boy.
0: Yeah, there, there would be no doubt in my mind at that point that uh, the XFL would just overthrow the NFL in Cleveland, and that's all they would care about. All they need is a winning team. That's, that's it. right. So may, maybe they should give them one. I, there's been so many tweets about that too, about where these teams should go, everything else. Cleveland's got the most attention, obviously. Yes. So.
1: But I was I asked somebody C-town. the league office. I said, "What what's the chances of the XFL expanding in 2021?" And I was told by somebody in the league office in Stanford, Connecticut. Quote, unquote, zero, not a chance that they were not expanded in 2021. The reason why, interesting enough, is because this year, all the games are on ABC, Fox, FS1, um, you know, ESPN, and ABC is together, but they don't, they're not getting paid $1 for this TV rights this year. They're doing it for free just to get the XFL exposure. Very wow. smart on Oliver Luck's part and Vince McMahon's part. Uh, because you're giving them free programming, they're going to benefit from all the revenue that comes from those programs and don't have to pay you a dime. But next year, if it continues to be successful, I guarantee you, Vince McMahon, his greedy self, is going to be like, I want some of that action.
0: A little bit of greediness coming in there.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I think that's a good thing for sure.
0: I mean, because, like, by, by year two, year three, I mean, everything's going to be rocking and rolling. Marketability's still going up. They're still talking about expanding. The NFL even did something uh, pretty crazy, I think. I don't know if you've heard about it with the, the CBA basically announcing that they're going to add more playoff teams. How is that? So, they're basically right now they're talking about how for the 2020 season they're looking to add, I think it's uh, one or two more playoff teams. Not 100% sure. On, they had like, to cut down the, the bye league. weeks then, huh? Well, it's just going to be like another week of football. Oh, wow. I didn't so, know yeah. that. So, that's some that's some big development. I mean, well, I know you've been super tied up in, in the XFL movement. And so, it's tough. So, I've been trying to, like, keep my eyes on a lot of other sports and, like, a lot of other things.
1: That's really cool. I, I like that idea. That means – that how many teams is it now? Seven or eight? Right. I think it's going to be eight. That means that the Rams could have gotten the playoffs this year. Um, who else could have gotten the playoffs this year? I was going to say uh, the Browns. The Eagles. <laughs> oh, Eagles <laughs> no. dig- the Eagles. Oh, the dig- Cowboys. I'm sorry. Oh, the Cowboys. That's I forget
0: because right. the, NF- the, N- the NFC East, they just, you know, they're all just kind of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just one one big unit over there.
1: But Can you yeah. imagine? I mean, I wonder who pushed that idea. I bet his name rhymes with Jerry Jones. That's Probably. the only way that he'll get in the playoffs. If they expand I think that the teams to get in,
0: they're realizing the attention. I mean, after just after two short weeks, I mean, they're obviously thinking like, okay, well, we got to do something a little different. We got to do a little something more exciting because they see the showmanship of the XFL and what it is and what it's bringing. And so. it's very
1: interesting too. The Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, today announced that the football for the kickoff with DC Defenders uh, Week One uh, against Seattle is actually in the Pro Football Hall of Fame right now. That's pretty cool. It's Yeah. So, that's pretty cool they're acknowledging him. So, let's go through week two, Chase. Let's talk about these games. Uh, We'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The first game up was, of course, a game we just talked about, uh, the New York Guardians at the D.C. Defenders. D.C. Defenders looked like freaking gods out there. This team is no joke. Cardinal Jones is no joke. Their defense, if defense wins championships – if that's a true statement, the D.C. defenders will be the XFL champions in 2020. Mark it down. It's going to happen. That is the most ruthless defense I've ever seen in my life. XFL, NFL, college, whatever. These D.C. defenders are no joke. And when you add Anthony Johnson in the mix, of course, things get a little fiery. So, so obviously, this and is What a testament there. to that guy. He gets off a of red-eye of flight. He's never even practiced with the team. And he goes out there and shows out, dude. That's just a that's just a stud.
0: Every time he go out, you know he got to show out. That, that's what. Uh, that's what I think it was. Uh, young Young Jesus said at one point. in time. Oh, I thought that was Jesus in Corinthians, but yeah, never mind. Young Jesus, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. But yes, looking at their defense, like it, it's outstanding. DC actually has a, a football team. I know DC's loving them. They got some crazy. Did you see the beer tower?
1: Oh my that god, was that was that awesome. was amazing. That was awesome. Did you hear the story about the guy? Um, He posted a story about it on Twitter is that he got home and his wife said, how much beer did you drink? And he said, I didn't have any, honey. She said, really? She said, yeah, didn't have any. And then she pulled up a screenshot of the TV. He was on national television starting the beer tower. Um and so man, talk about bad freaking love. What luck. a way to get caught. Yeah.
0: And you're drinking. It's like it's like like the guy must have like been like off of the sauce for like five years and he was yeah. like, oh, if you go to something else do- coming to town, I've gotta I've gotta I have got to i have got to got to lose all these commitments. If you're gonna do something
1: <laughs> stupid in the stands, make sure you're the LA Wildcats game because no one else is there, so they're not gonna show the crowd. But DC yeah, or is, a soccer game get
0: out of the field because nobody watches that shit. DC right?
1: is popping. Those fans are awesome. So New York Guardians versus DC, like I said, we discussed it earlier. Uh, I said it. Uh, I said it last week. New York Guardians are not a good team. They look good against Tampa, but I mean, even even HIV looks good against Tampa right now. <laughs> so Guardians really showed their true selves. They look like they were lost out there. Maybe they can bounce back this week, uh, but I think that I think we're seeing the uh, the real Guardians right now. Yeah, this is what they
0: really are. They they've been the T- Tampa allowed them to be put on a pedestal. And so I don't really see much. I, I think that next week, I mean, they're going to take this obviously pretty rough. They're going to go back. To the game. I don't think that they're going to just have, like, goose eggs, like every time. But I will say that they're definitely on the lower end of the totem pole when you're looking at actual play. Um, just looking at some of these stats right now, man, just, uh, you know, the, couldn't really get anything going, um, you know, with the, with the run game. I think that the most that 39 yards for, for Cook which was uh, about the most that they got going at that point. But like you said, the defense does its damn job. And when that happens, you know, you don't really have to worry about anything else. But Cardell Jones, two touchdowns, only through one interception, uh, 37% completion rating. And then you had uh, Tompkins, and then you had Hayward being the uh, two receivers. that got those touchdowns. But um, definitely got to talk about Ross. He has come up and basically is everything that we thought that, that he was gonna be.
1: Yeah, had a rough week one, but week two it really came out. He's one of those must-starts if you're on DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh Cardale Jones is a must-start, I think. And of course, if you gotta pick a defense, you you have to pick the DC defenders. I'm telling you, and all the years watching football, XFL aside, this defense is nasty. They're stupid. Is this is like 85 Bears compared this is like 85 Bears. I'm telling you. I mean, they're just they, they go after cute. the ball. They have no quit to them. Just little things you'd notice, like when a, when a running back uh, – there was a few times uh, on Saturday when a running back got tackled, he would toss the ball you know, on the ground to get up. And the defenders, literally the D.C. defenders, would jump on it. They, they were so – much savages. They were so savagely uh, that they they wouldn't even let the guy put the ball down. So from whistle to whistle, they were going at it. They just looked incredible. DC Defenders is an absolute must start for fantasy this week.
0: I dig it. I dig that. Next game that we had uh, was the Vipers and the Dragons. So this kind of went like we talked about in uh, for you know in our last episode. We discussed that we're most definitely. You know, the Vipers were going to bounce back, maybe try to do a little bit better. But I think we ultimately decided that we're probably going to be leaning more towards the Dragons being at home.
1: Yeah, so I picked the Dragons last week. It was not because I wanted the Dragons to win. I didn't. I wanted the Vipers to win. But uh, I, was, I was hopeful. You know, Aaron Murray was out. He'll be out this week again. I was thinking that Quentin Flowers would have a lot of playing time. And then they put – uh, Cornelius in, and he got the majority of the snaps. My sources say that his same thing's going to happen this week. Cornelius. Uh, Flowers is, I believe, the best quarterback on the Tampa Bay Vipers, and I mean, they're just not utilizing utilizing him at all or using... I mean, they're going to have a rough go as long as they put other guys under center. Uh, Tampa just looked... They looked outmatched. They looked out-hustled. I mean, just across the board. They looked bad, and what aggravated me so much is this is Mark Tressman? I love the man. I think he's an outstanding coach. But when I look at his career, I mean, he had success in San Francisco with Steve Young. He had success in Tampa Bay with Vinny Testaverde. He had success in Cleveland um, with uh, Bernie Kosar. He had success with good quarterbacks. Then you look at quarterbacks that are not good. Jay Cutler, failure in Chicago. He had uh, Joe Flacco in Baltimore. Failure in in Baltimore. He has to have a good quarterback for his true offensive genius to shine. And right now, he doesn't have a good quarterback. Flowers, I think, is the best option, but I don't think he's the guy. And I've heard I've heard little whispers that they are trying to make a trade with the Dallas Renegades to get their number two guy, uh, Philip Nelson. But Dallas, with, with Landry Jones being injured you know, last week and it's still kind of iffy, there's no way they're going to let go of him. But that would be the right step is to go out and get a quarterback who can produce as a normal quarterback in, in Mark Trestman's offense. The only way the Vipers are going to have success, I think, is if they do a very hybrid, dynamic offense, similar, like I've said in weeks past, like Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, because they don't have a guy that can go under center and just be an outstanding quarterback right now. And therefore, they're not going to win because of it. Right. And speaking of Landry, too, I mean, what's the timeline I'm looking at for him? Landry's, Landry Jones is back. He played week two. He'll be playing this week, but. I mean, he didn't look great. We'll talk about him next. I'm talking about like for him to get back to 100 because you could definitely tell he was still playing. Kind of, yeah. Like I mean, right he, he's he's going to you know it's probably another two or three weeks, but you're looking at a 10 week season, so the trade deadline's going to be come and gone. By I don't the time. see him getting traded. I don't. I don't see. They basically made him like the face of like. Well, no, Landry Jones is not going to get traded. Philip Nelson, the number two, Tampa wants him, but I don't see. I don't see Dallas letting him go because if if Landry Jones does get hurt, he re-aggravates that injury. Then what are you going to do? I mean, you got to have a good number two. I mean, Tampa has nothing right now, and and it's so frustrating as a. It doesn't Tampa. make sense because of all the talent they have. No, they 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 should not be a bad team. What they have a great they have great receivers, they have a great running back, they have a great defense. The only thing they're lacking is a quarterback, and Tressman desperately needs a quarterback. And I would think that he would. Um, You know, knowing his weakness, knowing his strength, I thought he would go after a quarterback. I mean, they got uh, S.J. Green from the CFL. He signed with the Dragons, and then the Dragons traded him to Tampa. They got another great receiver, but who cares about your receivers if your quarterbacks can't even throw the freaking ball? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm just a Tampa fan, and I'm upset. (laughs) It is what it is. And looking at the
0: Dragons side of the ball, too, I mean, we we saw, um, you know, Farrow seemed like he was going to be somebody hot to trot, like, coming into uh, week two, and and he actually took a little bit of a backpedal.
1: Um, well, that's because the Vipers' defense. Jerry Glenville simplified the defense, and, he, and the, the Vipers' defense – I mean, listen, the Tampa Bay Vipers in two weeks have scored one touchdown. Can you say that with me at home? One touchdown, and it was on the defense. The offense has not scored a touchdown yet. That's, de- that's O-N-E for the kiddos. That's right. This defense is on fire right now, but their offense ain't helping them. So, the the yeah, Farrow got shut down. Brandon Silvers looked like he – you know, belong to Tampa Bay. Like they, they really went after the quarterback, like Jerry Glanville said he would do. He told me last week they would go after the quarterback, and they did. They did their job. They did everything they could do to win the game, but the offense just fell flat on its face. Right, and it's also CenturyLink. It's just it's
0: CenturyLink, man. Yeah,
1: and then man, they legit had like twenty nine thousand nine hundred fans there. Yeah. Like, that's really Seattle impressive. Seattle's Killing it, Seattle's. So killing the Dragons it. are flying high. Yeah, for, for for this week, they're number two in their division in the West. Let's check it. Let's check so. it. So, uh,
0: next game: Dallas Renegades and the LA Wildcats. So they are definitely missing old Kimbo
1: there in LA. Yeah, they're missing a lot. My favorite part <laughs> of that game was they. You know how they show the coach on the sideline? Winston Moss is on the bench by himself, arms spread, legs crossed, just chilling by himself. I'm like, does he not realize he's coaching a game right now? They need to get him a lazy boy over there so at least he can be comfortable. Right. But Winston look Moss... Like an extra violent seal, just like chilling. Winston like, like, Moss was like, oh, screw it, we're not going to win. I mean, they, look, they looked bad. Looked better than they did last week, but They still, fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, they got rid of Kimbo. Winston Moss called the plays, like I predicted that he would take over the defense. He did. They had some, some, some bright spots, but... Even the bright spots were not very shiny. I mean, it was just a rough game. But the first three quarters of the game were just terrible on both ends. Dallas looked flat. They looked like they didn't know what was going on. Landry Jones, I mean, the air raid offense was not clicking. He was overthrowing. He was, I mean, just not accurate. And then the fourth quarter came and Dallas was like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to win this game, and then just ran away with it. But Dallas has a lot of work to do if they're going to be considered real contenders because they got – I mean, they're not even the best team in their state right now. So they got to get their stuff together. But Dallas, they did defeat L.A. L.A. and Tampa are the only two teams in the league now who are winless at 0-2. Um, and so Dallas this week has a, has a pretty big matchup. They're going against Seattle. This is a chance to, to really redeem yourself. We'll talk about week three here in a moment. but
0: Continuing yeah. the, mo- the moment. I, I just want to say this. I want to give a huge shout out to Cameron Aris Payne in this game because he carried oh, the ball he carried them. 14 times for 99 yards and two touchdowns. So he obviously got a huge bump. We don't know if that's just because the Wildcats defense was so bad or if maybe he is gaining some momentum, but I know he had a huge fantasy day.
1: Um, well, what it is is in like um, our good friend Connor, he, he posted a tweet saying, I thought this was supposed to be the air raid offense. It's the run raid offense. The truth is the air raid, you what the point of that is is you pass so much and so fast that you all of a sudden your linebackers drop into coverage, safeties are falling back, corners are falling back and then your run, you can run effectively. So, a part of the air raid offense is a run game and they got that part right. Artist Payne killed it on Saturday. I think I think what what it all really comes down to is like this is
0: football at the end of the day and you've got to do whatever the fuck you've got to do to give yourself an advantage to win the game. That, that's what matters. Like you can be aired or not. Like if, if you're losing the game, it doesn't matter if you're aerated or not. If you've, if you've got an opportunity to run the ball, you're going to run the ball. It's football.
1: And a shout-out to Bob Stoops, the head coach of the Dallas Renegades, the stupid. first coach. They tried to interview him on the sideline, and he basically told them to go screw themselves. So that, love it. Shout-out out to Bob energy. Stoops. We love you, Stoopy.
0: Um, yeah, and then L- L.A. side of the ball, like I said, there's just really not a whole lot going on here. I mean, the the I guess you would say like the highlight – of that day was
1: just uh, was was Nelson Spruce, I believe. Nelson Spruce. Let's talk about him, man. Nelson is the real deal. I told you week the first episode of this podcast that he was the guy in LA, and he did. I mean, I knew when Josh Johnson came back that things would change for Nelson, and sure enough, it did. By the way, Josh Johnson looked pretty freaking incredible, um, way better than week one's the fiasco under center, but. Um, I think that you're going to see big things out of Nelson Spruce. I think he is a must start um, if you're playing fantasy because L.A. has no other receivers, really. He is the go-to guy. And even when defenses know this, he's one of those guys, he's an enigma, he can just get open. And so he had two touchdowns and two dynamic performances. Week one he did good, week two he did great. So Nelson Spruce is a guy that I think you have to start – in your fantasy lineups this week, ten
0: thousand nine hundred on DraftKings. He will be going up against the DC Defenders, though. So that's uh, that's, that's going to be. You a have tough to look one. at the salary and, and make sure that that's appropriate. But um, yeah, the, the last game that we have here uh, going in was the game that I, I said I got to catch a little bit of. The Battlehawks kind of came back with the Roughnecks, but Roughnecks obviously are sitting atop the power rankings right now. This was probably the best game I've seen so far
1: in this league.
0: Yep. Through two weeks, yeah.
1: P.J. Walker, remember a guy that was not even listed as a starter uh, in the depth chart week one. Last minute, he became the starter. Has become an absolute stud uh, for 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 Houston. He made some throws on Sunday night that were jaw dropping. I don't say that lightly. I mean just just pin through a needle. Like I mean, just amazing throws. He's amazing on the ground. He can run. He can throw. He can lead. He's a guy that, I don't know what his draft value is this week on In Fantasy, but he's a guy that, you know, him and Cardell Jones, you really can't go wrong by getting one of those guys because they're incredible. And I would probably tilt my head a little more towards P.J. Walker uh, because he does scramble and get a ton of rushing yards as well. Cardell Jones, obviously, is the size of a Mazda, um, so he's (laughs) not really running. Um, but P.J. Walker's the man.
0: I'll say this much. If there was ever a week to start P.J. Walker, it's this week because they're playing Tampa Bay. It's (laughs) going to be the first game on Saturday. He's $11,500 on DraftKings. That is well worth the money for me because if we're going to continue seeing this type of play out of Tampa, P.J. Walker should have at least five to six touchdowns, um, maybe even running in two of them himself. So, yeah, I'm definitely, most definitely putting P.J. Walker in my lineups
1: this well, week. So, that's the week two. So, we'll start off week three. By, I'll give you my prediction on week three right now. Tampa Bay versus Houston It's the first game up. It's going to be on ABC at 1 at o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Eastern. The Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Vipers will beat... The Houston Roughnecks. You said this last week. No, I didn't. I said that Seattle was going to win. Okay.
0: So, looking. Okay. Well, yeah, you did say Seattle was going to win. So, you really think this is the home game? They're plus 215, uh, their money line right now. So, it would be really good, really good to make some money if you're right. But, can we really trust this? Yes. Let me tell
1: you why. June Jones is the head coach of the Houston Roughnecks, and he calls the plays. Throughout his career, his entire Canadian Football League uh, coaching career, he had one defensive coordinator by the name of Jerry Glanville, who is a Tampa Bay Vipers defensive coordinator. No one knows June Jones' offense like Jerry Glanville. And if Tampa's offense just does a little better and actually score, I I think that P.J. Walker – I think that he could easily be shut down. Well, I think we'll see the real P.J. Walker. When he can't scramble because he's being, he's being chased from both sides, they're blitzing through on the sides, up the middle, he can't scramble. He has to thrush, rush his throws and throw them. I just think that Tampa Bay is going to get the edge on them. It's their first home game. We've learned one thing about XFL. Home teams usually win. Um, and I think that this defense is so sick and so pissed at their offense that I think they're going to ball out. I think Jerry Glanville is making a case that he could be the next head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers. I think Tampa Bay beats Houston, I think the score is going to be 22-18. to Go ahead and mark it down. And if I'm wrong and you bet money and lose money, um, Chase, will you refund them? Yeah, that's going to be a
0: big no for me because I don't think that – that the Vipers will beat the Roughnecks in any way, shape, or form. I understand, like we're, we're, we're Vipers boys, we're supposed to believe it, but I'm, I'm going to have to go the other side on this. Plus, I mean, obviously, I definitely want to be starting uh, PJ Walker in, as quarterback. So,
1: all right, we'll agree we to disagree. Agree to disagree there. I think PJ Walker is the man moving forward, but I think this week, this week he is shut up and shut down.
0: That's that, it's very hard. I mean, like, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I know we're Viper boys, Viper defense, Glanville boys. Yep. You know, we are who we are, but we'll, we'll have to just see. Um, so, yeah, on that game, again, looking at that, I think the over-under is set um, at 45 and plus 215 for the Vipers, minus 265 for the Roughnecks money line. Next game. Is going to be the Renegades and the Dragons. Talk briefly on this one. This one will be a
1: super good game, though. Yeah, I will if, say. if you're from Dallas. I think Dallas will absolutely destroy Seattle. I don't think Seattle has a defense or the defensive back specifically to stop the air raid. I don't think they have the defensive line to stop the run. I think this will break a new XFL record. and be the highest-scoring uh, XFL game this, this season, maybe – in the history of the league, dating back to 2001, I say Dallas 49. Whoa, Dragons 12. Whoa.
0: Okay, bet the over. Absolutely. Most definitely bet the over on this one at 42 and a half. Um, that's big facts. Um, and then dragons are at plus 165. Renegades are at minus 185 uh, on the book that we're looking at. Me personally, uh, I'm probably going to lean with with the, with the Gades myself. Landry Jones, 80% completion
1: rating? I think so. I mean, Landry Jones. He was at 40 this past week. So yeah, but he was he also coming it. off an injury. He was not a full participant and in, right. in, in seeing back. action all week. This week he's back. I think that he's got the jitters out. I mean, everyone has a, has a gimme week. And he last week, this past week was his week where he just was off – Uh, He was very graceful about it, and he didn't shift blame. He blamed himself. So I think this week we'll see a new and improved Landry Jones, the old Landry Jones from the Oklahoma Sooner days that we all came to love, respect, and uh, fear. And I think he'll put it on uh, Jim Zorn, who once again just looked completely lost. The Zorn. He sounds like a a villain from Power Rangers. His nose was so red because he was cold. (laughs) I mean, he looked like he was Rudolph out there. It was was quite ridiculous. So I think Dallas absolutely destroys the Seattle Dragons.
0: Okay, and again, too, another big value right here. At 8,300, Cameron Artis Payne, highest-ranked running back in this matchup. Landry Jones is around 10-6 on DraftKings. And then Jeff Bidet at 8,600 for Dallas. Yeah, Jeff
1: Bidet, uh, I was big on him last week. And then the first freaking play of the game, he gets hurt. And I thought, well, God. Oof. A team should pay me not to cheer for them. Players should pay me not to talk good about them. there was time, a
0: full practice participant on Wednesday. He
1: was. So. He came back in the game, but he needs to just let the injury bug, uh, just brush it off his shoulder and start playing some ball because this dude's good if he can stay healthy.
0: Just get back
1: dirt off your shoulders.
0: New York Guardians and the St. Louis Battlehawks First game on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Battle Hawks should win this one easily, and I'm going to go ahead and put all my money on the
1: Battle Hawks. Give me a score. I think Battle Hawks are winning too. I say 26 to hmm 15.
0: 26-15 there for the Battle. You know what? I'm going to probably go right there with you, but I'm going to probably go around like 24 to like 8 for oh. Battle Hawks Guardians. I think the Guardians should get a little bit, not a whole lot. I like the Hawks' chances here. Uh, And the Hawks are minus 400. Very heavily favored. They are home. Uh, Guardians are plus 320. Please do not take that and waste your money. And the over-under set at 40.5. Looking at some of the DraftKings data that we do have here. uh, Don't start Matt McGloin. Rule number one. Um, And then rule number two, big, big, big Tamu guy
1: this week. Jordan Tamu, he is looking – man – I've always been able to admit when I'm wrong, and I've been wrong about this guy. He is excellent as a player. He's an excellent quarterback. He can scramble. He can throw. I think he's your go-to guy in this game. Yeah, and at 10-1, he's on a little, little bit – a couple hundred bucks cheaper,
0: you know, that, than somebody uh, on another team that, we're look, that we've been looking at and we've already named off here. So, with him being a little bit lower, a couple hundred dollars lower, that might give you a little bit more of an edge when you're trying to get a, a – squeeze a wide receiver in there or a good flex play. So definitely somebody good to look at on that side and then this other guy here that I'm taking a look at Mr. Pearson L from the Battle Hawks wide receiver number 15. he is going to be stacked up right around the same price at 10100
1: yeah so St. Louis they, they got an advantage this week because the New York Guardians um, proved last week they couldn't cover they couldn't cover a child with a blanket. So, their defensive backs are extremely weak. I think that uh, a receiver, any receiver, if they're a starting receiver on the depth chart for St. Louis, it's a good grab. Right, and that's what I'm looking at. And plus,
0: this is going to be based off of the the nine out of the 11 targets that he caught, and he had the uh, the 50 yards and a touchdown. So, that's definitely factored into this. So, still kind of going through the motions and shuffling and pricing. So, do you think that maybe there might be somebody we could look at that's a little bit cheaper? That's going to be on St. Louis' side for the wide receiver game. Maybe, let's say, somebody like uh, a, a Russell uh, on here, Mr. Alonzo Russell, a little bit
1: on the lower end of the stick. Possibly. I mean, it's going to de- – it's it's five to...
0: of the six targets for 42 yards. It's a
1: great option, but it's going to depend on how much and how heavy the blitz is from New York. Because um, Tamu has proven that he's not one of those guys who can run and throw. If he has time in the pocket, he can be pretty brutal. Um, and if he has to run, he can, he can definitely jet on. But – it just depends on how much pressure New York puts on him. I think that, I don't know, both are good options. I mean, I don't know which one to choose. Personally, I'm not choosing uh, any of those guys. I think that I I'm would. I'm looking go, at Alonzo based off of value at 5,900
0: because that's I well, mean, like, that's a great value. They're really, I mean, like you said, it's like there really might not be any sense in putting the money into Pearson L just because he's already at 10,100. So if they're going to be, if those backs are going to be so horrible, might as well spend a little bit lower to get Russell, might be able to get the
1: same value, if not better. Very true. Look at Garage God Chase there. And Look at me. Also, Look at me learning the XFL, guys. And also, <laughs> no chance of winning, but the Guardians have Joe Horn Jr., who I think, I mean, just watch the game. He kept getting open over and over and over again, and Matt McGloin was too busy whining to see him open. I mean, if, the, if this guy can get the looks – He's going to be deadly, and it's great value, I'm sure. Joe Honey Boy at 3800 I mean, look at $3,800. He
0: didn't practice on Wednesday because of the shoulder injury that he had, so that's just something to to monitor. He'll be but back. But if he's back at, at $3,800 and he can do the things, if, as long as McGloin can, can get out of his groin, it was a horrible attempt at me trying to rhyme. You should probably pull my, pull my cool card for that one. I'll let you keep it. All right. I appreciate you. But, yeah, Joe Horn, just because. Just because. Because his daddy's a saint. That's right. Get the, get the flip phone out. If he, if he would score a touchdown and do that,
1: ultimate, I would buy a jersey for the Guardians. Absolutely. Hands so, down. The final game of the week, D.C. at LA. What point do I have to, like – This I is just, an automatic revenge
0: game already. We're, we're already here. This is a revenge game. This I'm excited. True. Anthony Johnson, Kimbo, Revenge Game. He's gonna wreak havoc. Johnson, better watch out. Ojashi. Joshy. I'm
1: oh, worried gosh. for him. I'm worried for old Josh here in this game. I would just be worried if you play for the LA Wildcats. I'm just worried about you because you're terrible. But <laughs> I mean, I think DC. At what point do I have? What can I switch? Like switch teams and switch switch allegiances? Like, is there like a deadline? Or do I gotta follow um, the Vipers throughout the whole year? I would
0: say that that.
1: I mean, you're you, decked out.
0: Look, dude, we're wearing – we're both we're wearing, wearing green, green right now. Yeah. I didn't realize that. we're both wearing. I got I even got yellow on my shirt. Oh, so green and yellow. So I mean, we're already here. I think that we at least have to give it the season. All we At right. least have
1: to give it the season. You know what I mean? Please, like, please, Coach Tresman. Please, we, this is really difficult. We, I think we're we just need to visit at. them. We need to go there. We need, we need to go bring some new energy into this team. I wonder if they would let us go on the sideline and we could just stand by Mark Tresman. And every time you remember the old those old car commercials, like when you're about to. Break your car, the car goes beep, like when you're about to back into something. Yeah, and then we can be that for Tresman every time he goes. All right, let's call a forty-two power beep. We that's spear be over his shoulder. Yeah, like, uh-uh, that's stupid. Uh-uh, Listen, uh-uh. don't be stupid, Mark. And then, and when he does something good, we won't say nothing. But just I we feel, we can golf clap. Yeah, just yeah, little silent claps. But I think he needs a professional beeper, and I think that me and you are the guys for that job. We I could think put, maybe, put up a resume,
0: maybe if we were, yeah, because if we were there, the media would pay more attention to us doing weird shit on the sidelines, and then the players wouldn't feel like they had so many eyes on them, so they would play really good.
1: Yep, and I can see Greg Olson now in the booth. Oh, they're oh they're beeping. Must have been a bad play call. That's it.
0: I'll get one of the Walmart motor scooters and go. Oh, and I'll I like do, that. I'll do donuts on the I'll, sideline. I like that. So that they can play good, and then and then the game will be over. And I'm like, wait, how the fuck did they? We've been watching this dumbass like do donuts and circles in, in the cart, and then we would have helped them. Yeah. So yeah, there's always that. So anyway, back to DC and LA. That was a squirrel presentation brought to you by our brains and how we squirrel sometimes. Um, but yeah, I know where you. I know where you're coming from. You're wanting to switch says You love in DC. You're loving what they're doing. Can't do that yet. However, you can play the Defenders' defense this week. Which you have to. This Defenders'
1: defense is amazing. If you don't play the Defenders' defense and you have money to play the Defenders' defense, you're what we call an idiot because this defense is top-notch and they're playing against a team that is the opposite of top-notch. I mean, they put the fun and dysfunctional over in L.A. So, the Defenders... You gotta go with their defense. You gotta go with their offense. You gotta go with their special teams. You gotta go with their water boys. This defenders team, just go, just go with them.
0: All Alaskan, just straight up like Alaskan H two O from the movie The Water Boy. That's what they're sipping on over there. I will say this though. Look, Nelson Spruce is obviously a great option. He is $10,900, though, going up against a really good defense. So, if you're trying to watch salary or, if, I mean, if, if you got to play him, you got to play him, that's fine. I still think he's going to be able to produce pretty well because he's really the main target there mm-hmm. at this point. But you do got to look at some other options there because if he's getting double covered or he's getting some other, you know some people that are all around him, you got to kind of take a look a little bit to the next guy up, which is going to be Mr. Jordan Smallwood. And he's at seventy two hundred. So it could create some opportunity for Jordan if they're all targeting Nelson Spruce.
1: What what was his what was his uh how many targets did he get last week? So
0: he had six targets, caught four of them for thirty-two yards. See, that's and, short yardage business. It's yeah. short yardage business. However, if you're being double covered, you gotta kinda look to whoever that next guy is gonna be. This is true. And so I mean that's just a little little, little something there for you. Now I'm not telling you. But I you think don't Josh Johnson,
1: Spruce. like when you watch him. This week, he would look at his first read, Nelson Spruce, and if he wasn't open, he would just take off running. So, he didn't really take a lot of time to, to check down and look at other options. Maybe this week he will.
0: If Josh Johnson was at around – like or sitting somewhere around like 8,000, I would probably play him. But because he's at 9,200, I'm just too worried. I know what's going to happen in this game. That defense is going to be fierce. It's going to be on fire. Kimbo's gonna to wanna to do everything he can to make sure that he knows that they fucked up.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kimbo's gonna have the game of his life on Sunday afternoon, so I'm excited to watch this one. I'm excited to watch this one. And before we go, can I just point out something, Chase? Back to Tampa Bay because we're just such we're just hurting Tampa Bay fans. They have to win this week. Next week, they play St. Louis. The week after that, they play Houston. The week after that, they play LA. They'll probably win that one. And the week after that, they play Dallas. So this is a must-win game. Um, and I just want you to know that they need it. They have to have it here. Me and me and Chase are clear on our schedule, Coach Tressman. We can be in Tampa if you need us to be. We, we need can- to be there for Week
0: Four when they play on the primetime game on ESPN against the Defenders. That Ooh. would be the perfect game for us to be there because, like, we would just because they're already gonna be nervous. As it is, they're going to be garden snakes, so we have to make them the Vipers that they are.
1: And we will bring uh, professional certified counselors for all the players because they'll probably get murdered that game. But we'll be there to beep for Coach Trestman and to be real Viper boys. That's right. We'll we'll be snakes. I'll even bring a live snake.
0: I'll even go to the Chrysler dealership and see if my buddy will let me borrow the Viper to go to the game. (laughs)
1: What there you we, go? What are we doing here? Let's just go right now. Maybe they get the viper. They need us. I got the keys. They need us. I'm about to right. get some drip drop here, and I'm about to go to Tampa. We love the drip. Go oh. buy drip drop.
0: It's good stuff. And listen to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. We'll have a new one out. Uh, we'll have a new one out Friday. And and by the time you're done listening to this now, now you can go listen to that. So there it is. This has been the Other League Podcast. Dan, Danny, tell them about it. Tell tell them why they listened.
1: Because your mom told you to, and your mom is always right. That's right. We're your mom now. We're your moms. I don't want to be the mom. I'll be your uncle. We're their dad and their mom. We could do that. We're we're your XFL parents. That's right. Listen to us. And your parents say, tune in next week. That's it. We'll see you then.